Morning, all. Goodness. Great to see you all from here. Um, I'm delighted to be able to introduce to you my good friend Donald <coughs> and Donald Patterson. Donald has been a good friend of mine for as long as I've known myself, I think. Uh, and I have had the privilege of being a friend um, through a lot of interesting life um, for Donald. And many of you probably haven't met Donald or don't know him. So I'm really excited that you're going to get the chance to hear about Donald's story, his journey, and how he's walked with God <clears throat> through some of you know, the most amazing um, circumstances. I said to Donald, coming on, we've got to try to do this in 25 minutes. And Donald said, that's some job to summarize 75 years of life in 20, 25 minutes. But we're, we're going to give it a shot. Uh, but I'm, I'm delighted that uh, we're going to hear a bit from your life, Donald. You've been an amazing friend to me, but also an example um, for a long time. So I appreciate that. So it's great for me to be able to uh, ask you a few things about your life. Um, so we start to just paint us a picture, you know, early days, where did you start? <clears throat> and, and those early days of starting to take faith seriously. So just tell us a bit about how life got formed right up to, you know, into your 20s. So just give us a quick potted version of that. Okay, I um, <coughs> was born 75 years ago in the morning. <laughs> uh, and I, in Murray, I lived uh, my younger life in for the most part. Um, I had a, one brother, and I got married whenever I was 22, and uh, we moved to Bangor, so we spent a lot of our married life in Bangor, married Dorothy, and we had three boys. Um, I came to faith whenever I was young, I was 12 years old. Um, my parents, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, a lot of them were all Christians, and um, a lot of them belong to Dunkel Road Gospel Hall. Um, and, uh, so I was taught there at Brethren Assembly, so I was basically <laughs> taught the gospel. And uh, I believed, I believed the, the message that I was being told, but I never really considered it for myself personally until I was 12 years old and there was what they called a series of gospel meetings that, that some of these terms would be familiar to some people, um, started on a Sunday night, and I was really determined I was going to become a Christian at these meetings. And on the Monday night, uh, I can remember lying in bed for a few hours and going over all this in my mind. Uh, I believed that I needed to be saved, that uh, there was a heaven, that there was a hell, that Jesus Christ had died for me. And that night, on the 19th of January, 1959, I went for it and accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. Um, now, um, there, was, there was a time later in life when another significant event occurred. Um, and that was whenever Major Ian Thomas of Capenry Hall fame in England came over to Crescent Church to have uh, meetings. And I can see him to this day, he was a small man, mm -hmm. standing on the platform and saying that Jesus wants to come down into your life, work in your life and work out through your life 
and you need to surrender to that. And I suppose that's, that, that's the time that I uh, said to myself that I made Jesus Christ not just Savior, but Lord of my life and, and let him have control of my life. And I can remember saying to him, Lord, I, I give you all that I have, all that I am, to do whatever you want in me and out through me. Um, so those were sort of the, the start of the faith journey. Foundational moments. <clears throat> so life was good. At that stage, were you an accountant? Yeah, I started, uh, um, I retired, I should have said, in 2012. And for all those working years, except for five of them, uh, I did accountancy jobs, yes. So life was good. You had uh, a, a lovely wife, Dorothy. You had three boys, Andrew, Philip, Jonathan. And everything looked swimming. Yeah. And the wheels came off. Yeah. So tell us what, what happened and tell us how your faith that you'd kind of started to take seriously. Yeah. How did your faith cope with what happened next? So tell us what happened when the wheels came off. Right. Um, in in uh, 1984, our 11-year-old Jonathan, who was our youngest, started to take headaches. And for 10 days, we went back and forward to doctors, back and forward to hospitals. And uh, eventually, one night when I came home from work, Dorothy said, He's been saying double today, so I went straight up to the Ulster Hospital with him and said, we're not, letting, we're not taking him out until we find out what's wrong with him. Um, on Wednesday morning, whenever we went up to the hospital, uh, he had gone unconscious and they took him to the Royal and operated on him and, so, and discovered that he had an infection in his brain and uh, put him on a life support machine. And, um, so he was in intensive care for, for just a few days and uh, said that he really was uh, not going to make it. So we had to give permission to, to turn the life support machine off. Um, the thing that I remember about that time, <coughs> above everything, is sitting on the bedside and there was a, it was a bench on one side of the bed and I can remember as if it was you, Malcolm, coming over and putting your arm around me. And the peace that I felt was just indescribable. It was the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. The peace of God just was indescribable. And the Bible talks about peace that passeth understanding. And uh, that's certainly what I witnessed at that time. So I had. Um, Dorothy and the two boys, uh, <coughs> we obviously went through a hard time um, trying to come to terms with this um, and why it had happened. We never got angry with God, mm. but we asked tons of questions and wondered why it had happened. And it could probably give you good, good results that came out from other people, from uh, people who had become Christians mm. through it and so on. Uh, but are those, is that where it all happened? I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. We were saying there about a sovereign God. And as the years have gone on, I have realized more and more the sovereignty of God. We were saying about the plans of God, and God yeah. has a plan. Um, sometimes we might know where we fit.
that on the lab plan, sometimes they have what happened to do about it. Yeah, yeah. So lab was the first stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Did you imagine when you decided to take God seriously and make him Lord that he would have been faithful to you even through those kind of difficult times? Did, did you imagine that God could be deep enough for something like that? I probably didn't know it in the depth that I got to know over the years. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly, I, we, we, I, we never lost faith in God, um, and we did believe, we did feel the strength of God. We felt the strength of people praying for us. Yeah. Whenever you went to bed exhausted at night and talked to people all night, and you just went, you didn't feel like praying. Mm. You just were probably still in your mind asking questions. But we know that the prayers of people were supporting us. Mm. You know, when, whenever you can't pray, there are people praying for you. And that has, you know, that has been a lesson to me about praying for other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would be a big thing <clears throat> for me now. Mm. Um, so we never lost faith in any way. Our faith was never even diminished mm -hmm. in any way. Um, and, and probably because of the faithfulness of God and his people, our faith, in a, in a sense, increased. Mm. You know, the faith in God. Um, and that was probably because we, we were resigned to the fact that God knows what he's doing. You know? and, you, and, that, and through that, you actually... Then 18 months later, um, our oldest boy died. He was 16. Um, um, it just was, well, the questions were bigger than ever. What are you doing, Lord? What's this all about? My parents took it, my parents took it very badly um, in the sense that they began to wonder what they had done, especially my mum. Um, she was saying, what have we done? What have we done? You know, why has this happened? Um, and it's very hard to explain to grandparents, my parents, um, how we felt. Um, and, and, and so I was, at, at that time I felt, and I, and I have always said this, I felt that I was trying to keep up Dorothy and Philip who was there. Um, and even my parents as well, you know. Um, and uh, so I probably, while I felt it, I probably didn't express how I really felt deep down because I was trying to keep them up at that, at that time, you know. Um, but again, I mean, it was been through the same process as, as, as to questions and so on. But um, I, I honestly say that we'd never really got angry with God. I can understand 110% why the, you know, people have said to me about how they have got angry in different situations. And I understand that, totally understand that. And I just thank God that, um, that we didn't experience that, you know.
and, and just put one foot in front of another. I mean, I'm sure people hear, hear your story, and I know at the time, you know, being friends with you at the time, they thought, how can you put one foot in front of another whenever you're living through that kind of thing? How, how did you get up morning by morning, and how did you, what kind of relationship did you have with God at, at that time? Uh, <clears throat> I, I knew I just had to get up and go on, uh, and I knew I had to do that for my own sake. I had to do it for Dorothy's sake and for Philip's sake and my parents' sake. Um, and I, I, I confess I probably didn't spend a lot of time on my knees or in the Bible. Um, there just were so many other things to, to consider, to do. And I, I, I kept going on. I kept going on, probably. And I didn't get stuck in a rut and I didn't withdraw from church um, and eventually got back involved in the things that I enjoyed doing, you know, outside of church and in church, you know, as well. But I, again, it's, I mean, when you have got God in your life, and, and again, I didn't appreciate this this time, so whenever I look back and think about it all, about it all it's when you have the Creator heaven and earth, who holds your breath in his hand, who is sovereign, who has plans, who is above it all. When you, when you have that, when you have him, and a God that gave his son, his only son, to suffer, to crucify, be crucified, and to die for me, um, those sort of thoughts would have you know, kept me going. Um, do, do you think that the people around you at the time, I'm asking this because, you know, we all have to engage with people that, at times that are going through really awful stuff. Do you think the people around you at the time knew how to, how to cope, how to be with you? No. How to, no. Yeah, yeah. It was like, a, it was a monumental thing. I think that it was almost, I'm sure there was a loneliness in it because people didn't really know how to get, how to be beside you because you were going through such mm -hmm. awful stuff. Yeah. What, 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 what were the people around you like and what, what did you learn from that, uh -huh. even in dealing with people going forward who were going through awful times? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I knew that there were a lot of people found it very difficult mm -hmm. to know what to say. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that... Um, yeah, that's as far as I'll go in saying that. There were people who just could not probably understand and know what to say to make you feel uh, to, to sympathize with you. Um, and, but some of the things, well, one of the things that I can remember individuals just shaking their hands and smiling and not saying a thing, and that meant a whole lot, you know, and that was a lesson to me as well. Um, and they didn't need a lot to be said. You, you just knew how they felt. You, you, you knew by the handshake or somebody putting their, their arm around you and just giving you a squeeze, you know. Uh, you, you knew how they felt. And that has been a lesson to me as well. And th there's, there's, you know, it's, it's far better doing that than... 
avoiding avoiding you, you know, because you don't know what to say. And I understand when people don't know what to say. You know, I've that has happened to me too. You know, you're you're you go in actually to somebody's house nervous and trembling and saying, you know, what do I say and so on. But you don't need to say a whole lot. <coughs> One of the things that I found amazing um talking to Don lots of times around there and, and I, I never could have I wouldn't have known this unless I'd known Donald like this but one of the things that Donald loved to do and, and we often did together was talk about the boys that had passed away you know what do you think they'd be like now what do you think they'd be doing now and I think my instinct was you don't talk about those things they're too you just couldn't you don't go there it's just going to be too raw too too sensitive but Donald loved talking about the boys. Yeah. And I find that an amazing privilege, I suppose, to to be part of that conversation. Yeah. You yeah. Know, for you, yeah. just knowing how sensitive that ground yeah. was, but yeah. that you you loved talking about the boys, yeah. but yet, yeah. I guess most of the time you couldn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. nobody... Yeah, yeah and, and still, you know, we go back and Philip, um, he was the middle one. Every now and again, would come up and tell us something that the three ended up, up, up to together. You know, one example was that uh, when we lived in Bangor, they were going around to Ballyhome Sism. Three of them went out very early in the morning to go to Ballyhome Sism. But we found that they were going. And, and we often wondered why they were going round to the left instead of the right. Uh, and they said, we're going round to the the, the, the leaders are staying around that way, and so they were. But they were going on round to the amusements <laughs> first thing in the morning, you know. And there's things like that that crop up and we'll have a laugh about. And I do love talking about the boys, and uh, it's because we had great times. The three of them were close together, um, and we had them whenever we were young. And uh, so, um, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of good things that uh, I, I can remember. Another, another thing I wanted to say, I loved on a Sunday afternoon when I was at Crescent, going around the doors. We used to go around the mm. doors and try and get into conversation with people. Was, the it was horrible, wasn't it? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I remember uh, before Jonathan died, maybe a year or so before he died, um, he started to cry. He was maybe ten. He started to cry. He says, "What's wrong?" He said, "You're going up. You're going up to Crescent again, you know." So, in those days, you wore a suit and tie when you were doing this sort of work as well. So I took it off and put on the old duds and got a rope and went out to the woods and swung in the trees and and a, that was every Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And whenever the boys died, am I glad I did that? Spent time with them, and it wasn't all spending time church and doing the Lord's work you had to spend time with your family <clears throat> one of the things I just remembered actually I hadn't thought of asking this was one of the things that, that I remember learning from you at the time that hasn't left me was how your view of heaven changed once yeah. people that you loved dearly were there yeah. so it, it, it all became a lot more real didn't it yeah, yeah, tell us yeah. how that just completely changed. And since then, my view of heaven changes <laughs> all the time, wondering what it's like and so on, you know. But yeah, when you know that, and the both boys, when they were seven, um, uh, had become Christians too, and we knew where they were. 
Um, and um, I'll come on to mention uh, uh, Dorothy as well, her, her passing. But, so there were, there were three of them were there, you know, and I mean, that took the sting out of things because I knew that they were with the Lord, which is far better, as they say, you know. I remember you talking about how excited you were about heaven. Yeah. Because half your family was there and you were, you you kind of didn't know whether you wanted to be here or there, (laughs) you know, you were kind of, you had this anticipation Uh and it became so Uh real rather than just a kind of, I know for me it was life's great. You know, uh-huh. I guess I'm yeah. almost like that. Life's great, and you want it to go on for as long as uh-huh. possible. Yeah. And heaven's like the yeah. backstop if it all goes wrong. Uh, yeah. But for you, that it was amazing how that just yeah. heaven became yeah. so uh-huh. alive. Well, like, you know? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Whenever you know, like mum and dad have gone now, and a lot of other people that I know, yeah. And yeah. people that have got to know then and passed on, and yeah. Uh, and yeah. Um, it's a great place, and Dorothy used to say, whenever the two boys died, I wish they were back for the, for even a weekend. But you wouldn't wish them to be here rather than there, you know. <laughs> what uh, age would Andrew be now? Uh, must be fifty-one. Fifty-one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And Jonathan? Um, Forty-seven or something like that. Oh, incredible. <laughs> So tell us about Dorothy. So um, Dor- I, I retired then from work in 2012. I had worked a year and a bit longer than I, I wanted to, but I was asked to work on, I did. Um, and I say to people now, stop whenever you can, because only 11 months after I finished work, uh, Dorothy uh, passed away at the age of 62. So uh, again... It was going through the same sort of, probably just the same sort of feelings, except this was somebody that you'd been married to for 45 years and had three children too. And she had, we had been holiday together and just come back and she hadn't been feeling great. And the doctor sent her in to hospital and second day she was in, they told her she had cancer. A week later, they told her that she had pancreatic cancer. At that time, Philip and his wife and two boys were in China, and they said they should get them back, which she did. Um, so they came in, arrived in the Monday morning, and they had been pumping potassium into her just to keep her alive until they arrived, and she was able to chat to them for some hours, and then she passed away um, that night, so she was only in hospital 12 days, so that was all very sudden. Um, so now Philip and his wife and two boys were home, and I could see them. They had been told when they were, they were doing, they were working for the Lord in China, uh, their heart was for Tibet, and they'd been told about a month before by the Lord that the Lord was going to move them, and they got excited and thought they were going to be moved into Tibet, and they'd started to pack but they didn't know that they were going to be moving home. So they have stayed here, and the boys are being educated here now. Um, so um, so that was um, in 2013 that she passed away. Yeah. One of the amazing things that um, 
I've, I've watched, I suppose, and 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 you, you tell me about is how your your walk with God continues to strengthen and deepen. Yeah. And I think that there's an amazing witness in that. You know, if you, I think probably any of us, you think if you if you if you'd been Donald's situation, you'd just be down and out. You'd be gone. But but somehow through what what Donald then lived through, his faith kept growing and his his love for the Lord kept growing. And you talked about how even through the last eighteen months through lockdown. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how your yeah. your your walk with God has mm-hmm. has grown richer. So, yeah. You know, tell us a bit about that because the the fact the fact that it does uh, is an amazing example for us that how could your faith keep growing when you've been through all that? Yeah. But tell us, so tell well, us what's been happening in the last while. How you... um, well, I, I, need to, I need to tell you, first of all, how that God was so faithful in me getting to know Heather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't really know Heather whenever uh, we were at the church, but I got to know Heather. <laughs> and... Uh, then we were married three years ago. So, um, I mean, that has been wonderful just to see how, you know, we often sit and laugh about it, how that God's hand works, you know. So, like, five years after Dorothy passed away, you know, had somebody else to keep me in, <laughs> in order, <laughs> and buy my clothes. <laughs> Um, so that, that, that has been great. Um, um, so now I have acquired two stepsons <laughs> and uh, uh, another grandson, which is fantastic. And that's been a whole, another whole new world as well. Um, the last, since, since COVID started, I mean, I, I'm retired and you wonder what difference would make someone like me in relation to time. But... Uh, it, when you think about it, when I have thought about it, I've realized how much time I have spent with other people. Um, and, and that might be, and, and a lot of it would be people, you know, having coffee with or visiting and so on, in relation to my experience and praying with them and just going out and being with them, people who have come through similar experiences or people who have gone through tough times in business or something like that, and just to be with people. Um, but So I seem to have more time, and I start to read more. Um, <laughs> we're probably reading an awful lot now. Isn't that right, Heather? <laughs> and, uh, but it has, been, it has been great. And um, I started a couple of years ago to follow Mary McShane's uh, Bible reading plan, which has been great, and uh, so um, I have really got to know God as Father in a, an, an intimate way that I have never felt before, you know. And I can't wait to get into the Scriptures every morning uh, and to, to see what He has to say to me, you know. And I, I was saying to Malcolm this morning. The, the, the Bible reading goes through. There's four different passages to read uh, in, in this plan. 
So the first one this morning was Ruth 1, about a spouse, uh, you know, losing Naomi, losing her husband, and two boys. And I thought, my goodness, then, you know, appropriate to start for this morning. And, and then the next one was about, you know, Paul speaking to Agrippa and, and telling him how that God had uh, enlightened him to be a witness, you know, and I just thought, well, that's, that's all I'm going to be this morning. I'm going to try and be a witness and give God glory for what he has done in my life. Um, so it's just every day just digging in and saying, and simple things. And like from scriptures I've known for years, you know, just known for years, I say, Lord, what are you going to say to me today? And I have a notebook and I, I write down what the Lord has been saying to me or what he's been teaching me. And you know, I've started to read more books, all sorts of books now, you know, just, uh, and it's been... Keeps you out of Heather's hair. That's great. Hmm? It keeps you out of Heather's hair. (laughs) Uh, So that has been really, I've just found, I speak to him just like, I say reverently, like the way I spoke to my own father, you know, and and such an intimate way, and I ask him about everything under the sun, Hmm. uh, and... um, uh, and even more now, I can see, yeah, God has a plan. Even when you see the, the state of the world and the state of governments and this, the disunity in places, one thing and another, God is sovereign, you know, and he knows what he's doing. And, oh, well, I might, might not know he does, you know. <clears throat> Don, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I'm glad we've both made it through that. I, I knew you would get through it. I wasn't so sure if I would. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that one of the amazing things um, for, for many of us is that you know, some of the things that Donald has, has had to pass through, he never imagined would, would happen. And I guess when we look at the things that could happen in our lives, what would be our worst-case scenarios? Uh, you think, I could never come through that. My faith would never hang together. You know, where would God be if that happened? And I think one of the most amazing things to me to watch Donald's story is how God went all the places that he took Donald and was there and was enough in that situation in, in ways that I could never have imagined that being possible. And I think it's really really good for us to have the the witness and the example of people like Donald and their story to show that how God's faithfulness is true in things that we could never imagine. So thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story. I'm sure maybe people want to grab a cup of coffee with you sometime to hear a bit more. It's a great time to go back to worship. I would love to pray for you, but I couldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't get through it. So we'll go back to worship. Thank you so much, Donald. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. All right.